I'm Mark Groves, and this is the Holistic I'm Valerie Jacobson, and this is the Holistic OBGYN Podcast. And this is the Holistic I'm Barbara Stewart, and this is the I'm Marin Green, and this is the Holistic OBGYN and this is the Holistic OBGYN Podcast. I am Dr. Jacob Egbert. And this is the holistic I'm Ben Joseph Stewart, and this podcast. is the holistic OBGYN I'm Ross podcast. Newkirk, and this is the holistic OBGYN I'm Sarah Gustafson, podcast. and this is the holistic OBGYN I'm podcast. I'm Dr. Aaron Eugwin McMorrow, and this is the holistic OBGYN podcast. I'm Alex Kuczynski, and this is the holistic OBGYN podcast. Hey fam, welcome back. It's Nathan Riley, MD. I'm the host of the Holistic OBGYN. If you're late to the party, if you're showing up fashionably late to the Holistic OBGYN podcast party, uh, I'm not going to say shame on you because, you know, we're all on different different linear patterns here in how we find um, cool shit. <laughs> and I'm hoping that this podcast is, uh, is endearing to you, that it's informative, that it's educational, and that inspires something new and in, in your way of thinking around women's health. So if you're new, the purpose of this podcast is to enlighten the masses around the less obvious things that pertain to women's health. And what do I mean by that? Well, I'm an allopathic doctor, meaning I went to all the Western medical training, medical school, residency, fellowship, blah, blah, blah. And um, I've got a great toolkit. I've got surgical skills. I've got antibiotics. I've got all these medications, birth control pills, all the stuff I was trained to use. But in my training, I found that those things were not helpful for a large number of women. I'm not going to say the majority, but a large number. So where do those women go who are not finding full satisfaction from their treatment within the Western system? They come to people like me. And I'd been learning so much on my own in experimenting with different modalities. And we're not, not talking about like necessarily woo-woo stuff, but I'm definitely way out of the woo closet um, as far as spirituality goes. We're talking about diet, we're talking about movement, we're talking about hydration, breath, we're talking about mindset and sleep. Um, we're talking about Ayurvedic practices, tantric practices, um, bringing sexuality back into the conversation around women's health, right? We are sexual beings, men and women. We both have divine masculine, divine feminine energies. How does that play into things? How do we address trauma, right? Whether it's a quote micro or macro trauma, doesn't matter how you define it. How does that pertain to health? How does being in nature, putting your feet in the soil, how does getting sunlight affect your health? How about cold immersion, saunas, meditation, tai chi, qigong? How do these things impact our health, especially women's health? And these are the things that are not talked about, and they're often not studied because there's not a billion-dollar fund sitting around paying you know, a handful of researchers to do a randomized controlled trial of, of these things. So um, I bring in all of the modalities. Anything that could help, I experiment with on myself, I experiment with my friends and family. I experiment with my clients and patients in a safe way, in a respectful way. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But if we're only going to go based on the, quote, evidence-based literature, then we're going to be leaving out all these other modalities. So that's what these conversations are about. Um, so you're going to find conversations from everything from hyperbaric oxygen therapy to um, psychedelics to meditation to... Uh, all the other things I mentioned and, and everything in between. So when I started the podcast, I did a series of rapid interviews. I was doing like three or four per week of people that I knew in the community um, related to maternity care, but also just the care for women, including men and women, 
doctors, non-doctors, midwives, doulas, birth educators, everything. And I collected a series of short interviews where I asked my guests, who are all respect, respectable people in their, their respective fields, what are three things you want the world to know about women? And if you go to the beginning of this podcast, the first 10, 15 episodes or so, almost uh, ubiquitously you're going to find this big question that I ask. And the answers that come from people are powerful. You're going to hear from dads, moms, you're going to hear from midwives, you're going to hear from all those other types of people I, I mentioned. Because if we're going to improve the care for women, we can't just look at it through the lens of ACOG, ABOG, SRM, etc. Those are all the governing bodies within the medical establishment in North America, who, uh, which which provide guidelines, right? And they'll say, oh, well, there's no evidence for acupuncture or whatever else. Like, okay, so who is working with acupuncture, right? And and what men out there are also in love with women, and see that man, if we're going to improve the world, we need to improve the way that we talk about and care for women. So. The interview you're going to hear today is with my friend Claudette, um, Claudette Kraus. Um, Laker is her is her husband's name, so I may introduce her as Claudette Laker, but um, Claudette Kraus is a friend of mine who I met on the top of an RV at Burning Man years ago, and we've stayed friends. She's into herbalism. She's into the divine feminine. She's a powerful woman sitting at the, you know, a board, you know, in the sort of executive suite at her hedge fund. She, she commands the room, but she's the most sensitive, caring, tender woman simultaneously, which I think is an incredible, um, there's this incredible convergence of powers with her. So I really, really hope you enjoy my conversation with Claudette Krauss. As always, this is not medical information. You're not going to glean information as a patient that should uh, compromise any information you're getting from your doctor. This is educational and for entertainment purposes only. Um, you're going to hear a little bit more about WaveBlock, but our sponsor currently is WaveBlock. Go to waveblock.com and save 10% on their EMF blocking technologies. Ben Salem, I had him on the show. He's in a past episode as well. He went through the ringer to find what was the best composition of materials to block EMF um, and create stickers for your earbuds and for your iPhones. So go to waveblock.com, save 10% using code BELOVED. And I'm not going to bore you with any more, with any more diddling around here. Um, here's my conversation with Claudette Krauss. Hi, Claudette. Hey, Nathan. We are recording now on my show, The Holistic OBGYN. I'm so happy to see your face. I haven't seen you for a while. Yeah, thrilled thrilled to be here and thrilled to see you also. Yeah, it's been, about two years, it's been a while years. since we actually saw you. This COVID thing has really messed up our friendship, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Claudette, you took some time uh, out of your very busy day. Um, to come and do this, and I, I'm so appreciative uh, of that. Um, I, I always want to start by asking my guests, how do we know each other? You and I have a very interesting origin story. And if Robert was here, he would make it even more colorful. But your, your husband, Robert, who's <laughs> one of my, my favorite people, he's not here. So let's hear your version of how we met. My version. So I think it was three years ago, but correct me if I'm wrong, it could have been four, at Burning Man. 
And we were there with a, a large group of people and we were watching the sunset one evening, sitting on top of our RV camper and as, just enjoying as, it. As one does at Burning Man. <laughs> as one does at Burning Man. That's a pretty typical thing to be doing. And along down below us meanders this beautiful couple, Nathan and Stephanie, and we're waving up at us. And so very quickly, we just waved them up and said, come on up here. <laughs> and they're like, really? We're like, come on up. And really, the rest is history. Yeah. Hung out with us for the rest of the evening and then really for the rest of Burning I Man. know. And uh, we, that was it. We, you, it was one of those immediate connections. It was an immediate connection with your whole group of people. I remember I broke the roof of your RV and Robert <laughs> eventually forgave me. Um, they were passing around some champagne up there. We were just like in a cuddle puddle on top. And I remember thinking like, gosh, what a, like, we were kind of new to Burning Man at the time. It was three or four years ago. You're right. And um, it was maybe our third day at the burn. And, and just as, as what happens, you know, what typically happens at Burning Man is you meet people and then you'd never expect to see them again, but somehow you just keep re-meeting them, whether it's at Burning Man or otherwise. So I remember we saw you guys like two or three more times randomly in the city of 70,000 right. people out in the middle of the desert. It was just like, we turned around and there you guys are. It was pretty, uh, Right. Pretty magical. Right. So. That's exactly what it was. Kindred spirits. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, that's a that's probably the most interesting origin story of all of the people I've had on the show to do this. Um, uh, before we get started, Claudette, uh, can you lead us in a in a grounding breath? Sure. Let's do it. Thank you. Thank you. Very good. All right, Miss Claudette Laker, Mrs. Claudette Laker, the floor is yours. <laughs> um, you're a mom. You're a high power exec. You're a you're a wife. You're a great friend to all. Um, you're a gardener. What three things do you want the world to know about caring for women? Yeah. So first of all, thank you very much, and I'm I'm really honored that you asked me. To, uh, to participate in this. Um, I think it's a really big question mm -hmm. and I spent a lot of time talking about it. And I'll be honest, I was gonna start polling all my friends and my female friends. Um, <laughs> so what do you think, what do you think? And then I realized all I was gonna do was put a compilation together, which, I, which would have been fine. Yeah. But um, so I backed off of that approach and, and, and asked myself, okay, what do I really wanna be saying here? And it was funny because I was sharing with my friend, Terry, who, you know, yeah. um, about a week ago, I said, I'm doing the podcast with Nathan and this is what he's asked me to talk about. And I'm not sure what to talk about. And after I left her, I realized I fully had figured it out and I was completely inspired by my friend, Terry and the experience she went through mm. um, over the last two years. And just sort of briefly, she was diagnosed with cancer two years ago and just watching what she had to do to maneuver the healthcare system to get what she needed um, and to get her through to the other side was, um, was unbelievable. Mm. It scared me because if I ever were in that situation myself, I, I don't know how well I would navigate, right. but incredibly inspiring and in seeing what she was capable of in the middle of, of her sickness. And so the three, the three characteristics or three things that I came up with in a very particular order were knowing that women are intuitive, knowing that they're resourceful, and knowing that they're strong. Mm. So 
starting with the first one, intuitive, um, I think as women, when we have a healthcare need, there's usually something, a little voice telling us or a little feeling, there's something that we know just is, isn't right. And we just know that something's off kilter and we need help in some form of um, caring, medical treatment, something. And so what often happens is, you know, we go to the Western medical profession, describe what's going on and often sort of get brushed off after we get poked and prodded at and getting told that there's nothing wrong with us. <laughs> right. But our intuition is telling us that there is that there is something wrong. And so I think honoring that intuition by the medical profession would really sort of serve everybody oh, yeah. extremely well, not only the patient, but also the, the medical profession to really honor that intuition and that in probably all cases, yes, there's something that's off kilter, something that is out of balance and something that needs um, treatment of some sort. Yeah, I have um, <clears throat> many of my best mentors from all through my medical training. We're talking decades of training, right? <laughs> some of my best mentors would, would say some variation of either A, when in doubt, examine the patient, or B, especially in women's health, when in doubt, ask the patient. Right. And nine times out of 10, the patient, if you ask them, why do you think you're having this problem? They will tell you exactly where you need to look. And that is the intuition. That's kind of something that's been lost in the reductive medical model that we practice so much in the United States. And that's why Terry was kind of so lost in the system. She's like, I'm feeling like something's not right. And it was actually until I had really advocated for her that she kind of find a mm -hmm. little clearing in the woods. Like there's something so important right. to that. Um, yeah, for the patients and for the healthcare profession. Like this is actually one thing we can do to be so much better. And it's not even like an expensive technology that requires seven years of FDA, you know, studies and ex experimentation. This is something that we can actually do right now to really improve the care for women. Uh, right. So thank you for that. And as we've all heard before, the word disease, right, is dis-ease. And it tends to manifest itself in various ways. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, Western medicine is looking to, you know, be prescriptive or looking to diagnose to a specific um, illness, quote unquote, whatever that means. And if you don't fall neatly into the little box right. of, of, of what, right. what, what, uh, what they're looking for, you're being written off as, um, you're being written off as, as, as having a, an imagination or, you know, go get some sleep or, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's all in your head. Right. 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 And I find that incredibly, it's incredibly insulting and dismissive. And, um, and it's, I think it's unfortunate because women as a result don't get the care. Yeah. Um, but that then does lead me to sort of the next point, right? And so a lot of women are dealing with this in the, in the, in the healthcare field and therefore take it upon themselves to now figure out, okay, you've gotten this one unsatisfactory answer from Dr. A, let me see what Dr. B is, you know, potentially is, is saying, um, and then starting to explore alternatives. I, I think it's no mistake that uh, women tend to gravitate more towards some of the alternative um, medicines, yeah, yeah. medicine, you know, homeopathy, um, naturopathy, et cetera, to really sort of try to figure out what's going on. So I don't think that's an accident. I think it's because they're being dismissed in the medical, in the, in the Western medical field and are now moving towards finding an answer. But I think that, you know, women are incredibly resourceful. Mm. And so 
I think the lesson there is, and I think this is where sometimes the rub happens, you get these very high profile doctors who prescribe X and, you know, many women just don't accept that yeah. and say, thank you for that information. I'm going to go get another opinion <laughs> or I'm going to go think about maybe some alternatives. Yeah. Um, and then unfortunately, what you know, my observation is, is, you know, Dr. A then gets miffed. Um, because they've not been listened to. And it creates a sort of, you know, unfortunate um, lack of trust between mm. sort of patient and doctor. It becomes and very, I saw Terry I, kind of getting wrapped up yeah, in that. Yeah, I, I even heard a little bit of that in Terry's story. It was an, there was like an antagonism that, that yes. developed completely unnecessarily, but it was just because right. Terry didn't feel like she was being listened to. So she had to go elsewhere. And it wasn't because she right. didn't trust that opinion. It was just it didn't really seem it didn't sit right to sit right. Yeah. And there, there's, it's some, yeah. there's something important to that, you know, it's, um, God, it's like such common sense. Like I don't even have to go any further with it. It's, it really does make sense. Why are we not just listening to the patient? If something doesn't feel right, right maybe that should prompt us to take a step back and instead of pushing and getting miffed, why not learn something from this? You know, Buddha's waiting, Buddha's in the waiting room. That's a, a good book that has somebody just recommended to me. It's about a doctor. Right. He wrote, he wrote it from the, standpoint of a doctor but he said like everything he ever needed to learn about life and about vitality but also from a spiritual standpoint etc he's an OBGYN as well was from his patients so just remember everything you ever need to know is right there in your waiting room just have to mm -hmm. ask you have to make time for it and hold space for it but thank you Claudette yeah that's very, very right. Very, very... And that's, you know, and, and you know, I, like I get the pressure that doctors are under, right? It's, you know, billing pressures and this pressures, but it just, it's, a, it's such an unworkable model mm -hmm. where they're running between, you know, three different waiting rooms at once. One person's getting dressed, one person's getting undressed, <laughs> one person's getting frauded by the nurse and they're, and they're running around these different waiting rooms. Right. You know, that's sort of in the extreme case. How do you diagnose a patient when that's what you're doing? Um, and you can't. So again, women will be resourceful. They will look at alternatives. Um, unfortunately, there's no support for them doing that, right? Mm. And so they get caught, can get caught in this real sort of vortex of overload of information yeah. because everyone is telling them something different. And they don't then they're getting overloaded right. and then they don't know what to make of the information. Right. And I think that's sort of the downside of that. Um, and that's what I said. It's, it's scary watching Terry go through that because if I were in that situation, I'd be like, where do I even begin? Where do I start? Mm. How do I process all this information that's being given? It's so much easier just to have someone tell you, oh, here's the answer, do this. You know, cut off your two breasts, we'll be done. Mm. Perfect, mm. thank you, next. Um, she wasn't willing to do that. Mm. And um, so it's frightening. Yeah, yeah, totally. Hey everybody, quick break here. I told you a little bit about this in the intro, but waveblock.com, one of our show sponsors, creates these incredible stickers that go on your earbuds, they go on your iPhones. Ben Salem has worked, he worked for years trying to find the exact right composition of not only adhesive, but also the, the composition of the stickers themselves to block as much EMF radiation as you can from the powerful earbuds that you're using to listen to podcasts, probably listening right now um, through your earbuds, listen to music, etc. In addition, how to block as much of the radiation from your cell phone. And in these devices, of course, we still need a signal to come through, but what if we could block most of that radiation, especially the radiation that's going straight into your, straight through your cranium, right? Using those little earbuds. Wasn't 5G and, and, and Bluetooth and all these technologies are not the same as they were way back. In fact, they didn't even exist. This is a relatively new problem that we're facing. But that low dose radiation, albeit low, you're being blasted with it at a low dose all day long. 
So if we could block most of that without compromising the quality of the signal, so you can continue to listen to amazing podcasts like this one, Ben created these stickers. So go to waveblock.com, enter code BELOVED at checkout, and you'll save 10% on your purchase. Please support Ben and his program. They're doing incredible work there. Um, and I'll just leave it at that. Let's get back to my conversation with Claudette. Yeah, I, you know, something else that comes to mind is even outside of healthcare, I was thinking about, you know, economically, right? We bring all this aid money to a, you know, a developing country, let's say like at Malawi. I did a lot of work in Malawi over my college years. I was there for three or four consecutive summers. And what I found at the end of those three or four trips, which is an expensive trip in and of itself to get there, it's like three or four flights. You arrive, you've got the money, you've got some good intentions. And then you go to fix the problems without actually really assessing the needs of the community that you're trying to quote help. And mm -hmm. we do the same thing in medicine. It's like, okay, here's the thing you need to do. But they sometimes will even offer that without getting a person's story, without understanding the values. Where did they come from? Where are they trying to go? I mean, that's an important part of end of life care in my practice where right. I can't recommend that you get chemo if you're 95 and you've been praying for God to take you out of the earthly realm for the past five years, getting chemo is going to make your life miserable perhaps. But if I say, Hey, the only thing you have, the only opportunity here is to do chemo. That's not really, you know, may not be in line with their goals, but, but just like, you know, in any practice in women's health, we have to start with a story. We have to understand who a person is and what might be important to them before we collaborate with them and start making recommendations. Right. Right. And that's a and that's a longer, it is. more thoughtful process. It is, yeah, yeah. Right? Which is why I don't um, work with insurance more, companies anymore. <laughs> right, right. I don't think there's a billing code that works for that approach. Right? Space <laughs> holding, yeah. <laughs> How do you get reimbursed for your time when you can't put a billing code on the on the insurance? That sounds paper? like a great T-shirt. Like, what's the CPT code for holding space for a woman's? You know, as she tells me about her trauma. <laughs> <laughs> so true and so sad yeah. so yeah definitely wow. um yeah so women are intuitive women are resourceful you think women are strong i can't believe that just tell me a little bit more no. <laughs> yeah. so you know it's I, I don't think i'm saying anything that anyone hasn't said before but you know it's just, it's women have a strength and, and there's no you know women are stronger than men mm -hmm. men are stronger mm -hmm. this is not a comparison of, of who's who's stronger than the other it's a different type of strength it's like we don't have the musculature of men but there's an emotional strength there's a stamina that women have mm. that i really observe that is different right and you know talk about childbirth that's like that's a huge element of stamina um you know i've been listening to these running podcasts and the bad water ultra marathon that's mm -hmm. you know that mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. you know sort of 35 hours of running in the desert and up to Mount Whitney. Yeah. Um, there's women who have, who have won that over men because it's a, it's a question of stamina. Right. Um, I've observed that myself in, you know, sort of my, I have this great story when Robert and I first met, we were doing a canoe trip up in Northern Ontario. And on the last day we had to cross a big lake and there was a storm coming in and Robert, I think he was scared. He says he was doing it for me, but I think he was scared. He goes, Let's go around the outside to stay close to the shoreline. And I'm looking and I'm assessing and I, I canoed before many times. I'm looking at it and I'm like, nope, we're going straight through it. 
get your life jacket on, paddle. <laughs> buckle up, and buckaroo. You stop paddling for, yep, didn't stop paddling for I don't know how long. And it's like, it was one of those, if you stop paddling, the white caps were going to oh, probably yeah. take you and knock you yeah. over. So you had to keep going. And I'll, I'll always remember how proud Robert was of me. He's like, I think that's then and there. I knew you were going to be my partner for life. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's just patting myself a little on the back. But I think a lot of women have that story of really just stamina, strength, focus. Um, and, you know, back to the healthcare, it right. And it ties back to the two points that I had before. You know, something's wrong. You need to figure out what's wrong and you're going to go look at different resources and you're just not going to give up. Mm. Right. And so you've got this strength of perseverance to find the right answer mm. for you. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not saying everybody does that, but I see that quality manifest itself in a lot of women. So it's that inner strength to pursue what you know is right or pursue an end goal that you want to achieve and really not let sort of the naysayers get in the yeah, way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, it's funny, we were alluding to it before when you think about sort of, you know, 100 years ago or 200 years ago, and, you know, women would go to the doctor and, you know, they would get dismissed and it was always, oh, you know, they have a weak constitution or they're the weaker sex. You know, I, I find that so mm. unbelievably insulting, yeah. um, but that's how women have been dismissed in sure, history sure. in the medical profession is, you know, they've got something going on in their head, you know, they've got, it's the time of month. So that's what's driving them crazy. It's always something that is, is very dismissive of them and in quite the opposite is true they are very much um have, have this strong inner core from a constitutional perspective that is i think incredibly unique yeah and so i think recognition of that again which is in such contradiction to the you know to sort of the historical view of women in the doctor's office of yeah yeah being weak um is 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 something that really you know really i hope people recognize i yeah and i'm really hoping that that changes i mean we've got we've got centuries now of this sort of habituated discounting of women and their ability to contribute in society and, and even you i mean you're you're a high you're you're way up in the corporate space and you're a mother and you're a wife and you're, you know, you, you have this, like, you're, you're also great in the kitchen and you're great in the garden. Like you've got, I could like turn to you and you'd have advice on anything. And, and I think that for, for women who haven't pursued that, for, you know, the corporate space, you know, I, I think that what we end up doing is we kind of discount them because it's like, oh, they haven't proven themselves within this kind of patriarchal model, I feel like you're a bit of an exclusion that you have kind of every single facet, like this beautiful shimmering diamond. And but but even for women who haven't done that, let's say that they've had 10 kids and they stay at home, there is a stamina, there is a, a real power in being home with young children all day long and keeping the home in order and balancing my emotions. My wife does this for me, that it's it yes it doesn't fit into some sort of tidy box but it's also like like we have to give credit to women where credit is due i mean you guys have, absolutely you guys have been waiting patiently for us to kind of understand your power for hundreds of years only now i think we're starting to see it reemerge as you can call it the divine feminine you can call it you know the sacred you know birth warrior, you could call it any of those things. But I think we are starting to realize that, oh, this discounting of women has gotten us nowhere really, really fast. Look at our government systems, our, our economical systems, right? If 
if we actually stopped discounting women and actually gained 50% of the population's voice back into the equation as to how to make a better world, gosh, I would vote for the feminine every single time because you guys do have that ability to not only multitask, but you have the ability to burden such, such emotional um, gravity right with, with with how you approach every aspect of life so I, I kind of went on a, on a on a diatribe there but um I, I, gosh we could have like a whole conversation an hour-long conversation about the strength of women alone yeah and it's you know look it's a partnership right it's yeah. you know men and women coexist on this planet or male female let me put it that yeah. male female coexists um for a very good reason mm. right it's an incredibly symbiotic relationship mm -hmm. and both need to be acknowledged. It's a true partnership. Yeah. And I think, you know, the women have not been acknowledged in certain cases at certain times as being the equal partner to really help elevate men, yeah. right? We're here to elevate each other. Right. And if there's no acknowledgement of that, then we're really missing out on both sides. Right. And I think that's what we need to be striving for is that life is a partnership, right? right? Nature, nature is a partnership. Yeah. You know, mother nature is a partnership. And it's male, it's female, it's yin and yang. It's all however you want to describe it's it. It's the Tao, and it's the middle path. Yeah. 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 And and that our strength doesn't take away from mm. a man's strength. You know, what we contribute doesn't take away from right. them. I right. think there's still this undercurrent of, you know, if if I do well, I'm taking away <laughs> from a man in my corporation, right? I get a promotion means, oh, he doesn't right. get it. It's not that. It's, you know, we can both get promoted. We can both do well. We can both do well for the for the purpose of the company. Um, and not feel threatened right, by it, right? right. It's, um, you know, I think in, in, in most things in life, when there's sort of a negative reaction, it comes out of insecurity of some, some form. Mm -hmm. And um, as men can feel confident in who they are, then they can better acknowledge the contribution that women are making to their lives. Yeah. Thank you so much. Women are not a threat, everybody. They're not. They're they're your best, your greatest ally. <laughs> Absolutely. We're your greatest ally. Right on. And greatest partner. Well, thank you so much, Claudette, for doing this. Uh, that was like super succinct and to the point. I think people are really gonna are really gonna gravitate towards this. And I'm so glad to hear that you I didn't I didn't expect you to say that you had such a hard time like really getting it down to three points, but I am like a little tickled that you put so much thought and heart into that. And um, I just am very grateful to have you as my friend and thank you so much for everything you do really yeah my pleasure thank you can, really appreciate if, it if people wanted to reach out to you for any reason how can they find you uh they can text me is probably the best way and uh, my number is 516-526-3538 wow happy to chat that's amazing so you're the first person to give out a cell phone number and she means it everybody yeah. she is the most tender-hearted open, welcoming person you've ever met. She's just an amazing woman. So thank you, Claudette. Thank you, Nathan. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Wow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, this beautiful, short, pithy episode is a lot shorter, a lot more easy, I think, to digest than some of my longer episodes. Like if you heard my solo cast, which was two hours, my recent interview with Aaron Eugene McMorrow, Dr. McMorrow, um, two hours, 20 minutes. This one is nice and pithy, right? We give you, li we, 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 try to, we try to accommodate to everybody here at the Holistic OBGYN Podcast. 
So thank you so much to our sponsor, Waveblock. Go to waveblock.com, save on EMF blocking stickers for your earbuds and cell phone using code BELOVED. You save 10% off at checkout. Um, I have a newsletter. You can go to holisticobgnpod.com to sign up for the newsletter. Or um, as we're kind of, I'm actually kind of starting to, to uh, change the holisticobgnpod.com uh, website. Um, you can also go to BelovedHolistics.com and you can sign up for the newsletter there. I release a weekly newsletter with a little video updating you on some things I'm doing to keep myself and my patients healthy, along with some links to podcasts, books, articles, etc. that I have found helpful in navigating my own health and the health of my patients and clients. If you want to work with me personally, I am a physician. I do a lot of holistic uh, lifestyle coaching in order to help people with everything from chronic pelvic pain to fertility issues to uh, routine maternity, postpartum care. I do a lot of trauma-informed care. I do everything. You can find out more about me at BelovedHolistics.com. You can sign up for a consultation or book a package of time with me. Um, And the show notes are also available at HolisticOBGNPod.com. I'll have all of the stuff that we talked about, including timestamping, in the show notes at that website. I think that's it for today, guys. Um... Enjoy the cold weather. Get yourself a cold immersion tub. I got one for Christmas, and I just went in the tub the other day. I had to break through about a three-quarter inch layer of ice on top. <laughs> it's like 60 bucks, this tub on Amazon, and it's great, but the, the thermometer itself was frozen into the sheet of ice on top. So if you wanted to check that out, go to my Instagram at NathanRileyOBGYN, and you can check that out. But it was just a hair above 32 degrees in the water, and the outside temperature was 11. And it was just a cool, breezy three minutes. Had a cup of tea. And, uh, and uh, that's, that's a part of my daily practice. So I hope you can join me in that. If you have a sauna, it's even better. <laughs> Jump in the sauna afterwards, of course. Um, all right. I have said enough, guys. I'll see you next time on the Holistic OBGYN Podcast. Take care and thank you for sponsoring us or for supporting us <laughs> in spreading the good word.